Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, World Rugby Sevens, the Six Nations, and the ARCs. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tours people. A balanced palate, nutrition for peak performance. AFIA Sports Training Group and Big and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby club. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy and Steve Lewis at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan, talking rugby. And Stephen, before we get started, I just wanted to see how you are. Excellent, thank you. Excellent, excellent. I'm fine too. I'm fine too. Thanks. Uh, but Steve, we let's not cut to let's not let's not waste any more time, right? Let's get right to it. A lot of rugby we have in this particular segment, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about the sevens, the world, the world rugby sevens, the ARCs, the America's Rugby Championship, and the six and the six nations. So let's let's start it off with the fastest code of them all: sevens. <laughs> Sevens, right. Another uh, leg in the uh, World Series was in uh, Sydney this last weekend. So, fantastic. Yet another fantastic weekend for American Sevens rugby. Um, starting with the men, they made their fourth consecutive final, which is spectacular. The consistency now, it's just, um, this, is, uh, this is unbelievable. This is uncharted territory for, for American rugby. Um, they came up second again. So, that keeps them in first place tied with New Zealand on the table which is what we're concerned about, um, given the Olympic qualification year. So fantastic for them. Uh, lost to New Zealand in the final. Um, that's okay. Yeah, and I think all of us would have said we'd be happy with fourth. We'd be happy with fifth at this point, right? But number two, four tournaments in, that's pretty good. Yeah, four in, six to go. So some way off there, about 20, 21 points ahead of fifth place. That's what you've got to keep an eye on. But they make every final for the rest of the year. You know, who's complaining? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, they'll, they'll get over the hump here and nowhere better necessarily than Vegas up next. But there was some kerfuffle going on, including a reminder that they had lost in four finals. What was your take on the New Zealand-USA kerfuffle that was going on? Okay, well, um, the New Zealand All Blacks, you know, the, the most successful professional team in world sport, okay? In the 15 aside code, they have something called the no kids policy. Not sure I can say that, well, but uh, we'll it certainly doesn't. That. It certainly doesn't extend to the sevens team, unfortunately, because they've got something of a serial offender. Uh, Kurt Baker is a veteran player for them, um, who basically taunted his opponents after the final whistle and during and after the final whistle, which is unacceptable, and uh, should be looked at. It's just not in the spirit of the game. Um, I disapprove. Yeah, it was. Um, it was uncharacteristically lacking in etiquette for the All Blacks, who pride themselves on. You know, carriage. Yeah, absolutely. It's a one-off. It's not the program. It's not them. It's not the shirt. There's nothing, nothing about that. All, all Blacks have been spectacular. But this one guy is a bit of a bad apple, in my opinion. And uh, no, no room for taunting. No room for disrespecting opponents. I agree with you. So, going forward with the sevens. Right. Uh, so, on the men's side, they go to Vegas um, end of this month. And this could be the last uh, Vegas trip for everyone, which will be a real shame. Um, these things are... You know, doled out on a four-year ruling cycle, World Rugby's decision. It's not USA Rugby decision necessarily. Um, so they're looking to pull it from Vegas. There's a bid process out now. So this actually might be the last time in Vegas. In my opinion, big mistake. Biggest weekend in the USA Rugby calendar. You have the Las Vegas Invitational. Uh, multiple teams coming into town. It's a fantastic weekend. Vegas is one of the few places that logistically could hold it. Um, Irrespective of the fact you've got all the other Vegas attractions. I personally like Vegas. Um, I think it's the right place for the stop. 
Um, so disappointing that it may be the last one. I'm, I'm not crazy about Vegas, but you just sold me on that one point that I completely overlooked about the Las Vegas Invitational Tournament. I've always thought maybe Miami could work, but you've also got the new stadium being built for the Raiders, which could evolve into the, the, the venue, which would be great. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, and it's unfortunate that the guy that would be the one fighting for that cause for it to stay there we lost, left us, John Prusmack. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably a, um, a show on its own, right? But uh, John Prusmack, United World Sports, were the company that invested in this tournament and made this tournament a commercial success. Now World Rugby want to take it back. Um, they're within their rights. They are the rights holders. But it's, um, it's, it's a little bit, you know, if you think about it, I wouldn't be too happy if I was United World Sports. All right, let me go back to Sydney because it was a shared venue between the men and the women. Women, United States women had a very good tournament as well. Exactly. They, um, so it's their third out of six. They're on the same you know, track to Japan, trying to make sure they're on that plane to Tokyo. And uh, they had another good tournament. They finished third, lost New Zealand in the semis. This places them second overall. So they're in good shape. Um, t- to be honest, if they make, keep making quarterfinals, they're, they're almost home and dry. Yeah. Um, they just, they just got to avoid one meltdown tournament. But um, they're in good shape. Of particular interest this weekend, there were two debutantes played for the Women's Eagles. One was um, Christy Kirsch, who is a Boston product, who came through Northeast Academy over the last nine months. And she scored with her first touch in international rugby. And she scored with her second touch in international rugby. So she had a great weekend, I think four tries overall. She did really well, and she's been uh, great to see. Uh, The other debutante, Casey McCreevy, who is actually a West Point grad, um, didn't play rugby at West Point, played softball, and so it was a crossover, but very smart athlete, very good athlete. Um, but on that front, there's going to be a pipeline of talent coming from West Point. And, and, and do you know anybody that coaches at West Point? Steve? I do, I do. <laughs> Steve Lewis, Coach of the Year, coaches at West Point, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so uh, this is a Fast and Furious segment, and we, we have a separate segment for the MLR, but let's move on to the ARC's America's Rugby Championship. Uh, United States versus Chile. Unfortunately, this went as expected. So it was in Santiago. It was extremely hot, apparently, 35 degrees, and it was a blowout. 71-8 was the final. Um, wasn't a great venue. Wasn't a good crowd. Eagles did what they had to do. You play what's in front of you, so they just they racked up the points. Noticeable for um, AJ McGinty coming back. Scored a hat-trick, and he's come back. Um, so that's good. It's a good, good game to get back in there. He's got one more, then he returns to the Premiership. So... That was the U.S. Uh, beat up in Chile. Argent- and, and, and Joe T. matching the front row record for tries. Uh, by, I believe it was... Did uh, he match or did he overtake it? I think he tied it. It's a front row record. You know, wouldn't really know. I don't know. But I no. think that's but it's pretty still a, cool. It's still a good performance. He's going to break it, He's obviously. No question. No question. Um, second game was another blowout. Um, Argentina over Brazil. Um... As expected to, but a little disappointing from the Brazilians. I thought they made more progress. Um, Everyone's talking about their scrum. Their scrum is still good, but they've got to develop other facets to the play. Um, And unfortunately, it looks like maybe you're seeing a two-tier competition this this year and last year. But U.S. and Argentina up here, the other four here, although Canada have made some improvement. But that takes us to the third game, Uruguay-Canada. And uh, Canada, despite playing 60 minutes with an extra man, managed to lose it. In the last 60 seconds, they went down 2017 to Uruguay. Um, the reason for the 14-man was the 
uh, Uruguayan scrum half who plays for Houston uh, was was justifiably sent off. A high tackle, the dangerous tip landed on the head. Um, that's, so he's gone. He's gone for Uruguay. And in fact, he will be gone for Houston. So he'll miss a few games for them as well. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, there you have it. The attrition that is coming from the ARCs affecting the MLR is also now within these, these calls and these penalties. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's our Six Nations. It's the America's Six Nations. It's only, this is the fourth edition. We've got a long way to catch up on any of the kind of rivalries and tradition in Europe. Um, but a little more, a little more competition, a little more parity would be, would be useful. Yeah, and at least we have, uh, going forward to this weekend, we have A.J. McGinty available for the match against the 15s. Of Argentina. Right. So USA are still down in South America. They hop over the border. Not the border. They hop over to uh, Argentina. So they're playing them away. Um, then the other one you have, let me cheat, Uruguay, Chile in Uruguay. And you have Canada, Brazil. Canada. Well, if, you're, if you're in that shed after the match, what do you say to the guys? If you're the coach? Yeah. Use some choice words. It was a game they um, they should have dominated. They were in control of. Um, that's a lack of maturity. There's there's been some calls on media for you know they're going to pull back Phil Mac, um, Staller, people like that. Yeah. Um, are they playing with the, the the full deck right now? Is this Kingsley Jones's preferred fifteen, or is he sort of hedging his bets? So, um, and even our guest coming up on our MOR segment is Dan Moore. He's not with the squad. He's right not now. there either. He's yeah. Played for Canada before, so perhaps he can shed some light on that. Yep. All right, uh, Six Nations. Six Nations, first round. Scotland up 33-3 to against the Italians at Murrayfield. Um, Stuart Hogg disallowed. It would have been a try of the year from over the halfway, which would have put them up 43, and then they had a defensive meltdown. Um, lost a man, the Sinbin, and conceded three tries for a final score of 33-20. Wasn't that close, but um, that, that's a disappointing late lapse for Scotland, particularly when they are going to have a bunch of wounded leprechauns coming at them next week. Uh, wounded, actually, actually, too, because um, toner's out, standers out, ring roses out. So that's going to be the, the question of the depth. But, you know, you got the win under the belt, and you are at home. And when I say you, I mean you. You're Scottish, Steve. I am indeed. Yes. I am indeed. Just in case Martin Pengelly doesn't know that, but we are top of the table. <laughs> For at least one more week. All right. France, complete meltdown against Wales. Talking about meltdowns, this was a meltdown for the ages. France, um, you know, this whole, this whole sort of um, cliche about the French schizophrenia, right? Are they going to be world beaters or are they going to blow it? Well, it was the, the team that the Tristan blew it. So they were up 16-0 at half, I believe. Um, yes. Rainy day, and then he managed to cough up. Uh, a, a poor chase back, handling error, followed by a ridiculous in- interception, and he coughed up a uh, loss to Wales, 24, 16 or 17, whatever the final was. And this old man, uh, old guy that you may have heard of, George North, got a couple of tries. He got three? Yeah. Yeah, he scored two and uh, coughed one up. It was an own, own try. Right. Uh, but uh, you can stop the, the, fo- the phone calls, Johnny Lewis, our Welsh editor, who has been prank phone calling us, asking us to talk about the Welsh more on our broadcasts. So. Right, well, I mean, they are now, what, uh, unbeaten for 10, 11 months? They've won eight, nine in a row. Um, Would be the team of the tournament. Potentially, they go to Italy, and you, you don't see them really slipping up, even in Rome. So they, they'll have two away wins under their belt uh, before they take on, you know, some tougher teams. And the high-flying English. 
Yes, much though it irks me to say oh, so. England painful. were, um, I know this is on. This is going to be captured for posterity, right? Yeah. But England were very impressive at the yes. weekend. That's the best they they've been in a while, in my opinion. Uh, they they started the game with real intent, real ambition, accuracy, um, physicality. I mean, they, they they bullied the Irish. They bullied the Irish, and they go to France. Oh no, they're no, home. No, they're, they're home. home. Yeah, they they um, the French actually go to Les Rose Beef, as you would Rose say. Les Beef versus <laughs> Les Rose Beef and the Frogs. That's, well. All right. Go. So yeah, that, that's coming up on deck. So every week with the Six Nations, you know, there's something to look forward to, right? This is Le Crunch, right? Le Crunch? That's yeah. what the English call it. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, it's, you know, it's great rugby all across the board. And we are out of time on this particular segment, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize, but we do have another segment devoted to the Major League Rugby. So tune back into Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy and Steve Lewis, who looks resplendent in that suit, Steve. Just gorgeous. Uh, here at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.